Hello and namaste guys. I am Dr. Anushruti and I am back with another blockbuster. Today I have someone who's very energetic, athletic and beautiful. Dr. Megan Barrington joining live from United States to speak us to us on fitness and health. Hello Dr. Megan, how are you? Thank you so much for such a nice introduction. I'm doing really well. How are you doing today? I am fine. I am fine. Good. What is the time right now in your country? Uh it is 7:30 a.m. where I am currently. I'm okay. in Washington state. So on the okay. west coast. Okay, and we are in the night in India. Yes. Well, starting with the first thing. What do you think is the first step to bring into fitness in one's daily regime, you know? people especially the viewers and listeners everyone who's watching and listening to us on various social media platforms we do have a lot of people who do not have a physical routine a physical fitness routine or daily habit routine so what do you want to suggest them to have or to bring into fitness in their life like some little baby steps for them yeah that's a great question especially like right now at the beginning of the year when everybody you know sets their new year's goals or a lot of people do um i think the biggest thing is in order to get more fit and more healthy you just need to be doing more than you're currently doing so if you're doing nothing then add i mean even just like a 10 minute walk or especially because the more the smaller bites you kind of take off the more you're going to be able to succeed which is going to build confidence which is going to help you kind of get more momentum and be able to actually establish habits <clears throat> excuse me um so that's what that would be my first suggestion um my second suggestion would be i mean i i mean i know the reason that you wanted to talk to me is mostly about like resistance training or strength training um so with weights um and i i personally think that that is a huge ticket to longevity for for every person i think everyone should be doing some sort of resistance training in some capacity it doesn't have to be you know with barbells it doesn't have to be you know you don't have to go out and be like a power lifter or anything like that but it's great for bone density it's great for hormonal health it's great for cardiovascular health it's great for so many different things um and i just think that uh a lot of people don't think they think oh it's not for me but i i really truly think it's for everyone especially with how our lives are these days like we don't do a lot of we don't we are not required to do a lot of like physical activity within our lives just you know with how technology pretty much does everything for us now so um that would be another thing that i would say someone to focus on once they've kind of gotten that that momentum a little bit so can we say that one of the myths you know the biggest myths like people have is that if you want to get fit if you want to become uh, you know healthy you need to hit the gym so can we say that this is just a myth and you can start at your home at your place and right now today itself Oh, absolutely. Yes. Actually, I have a lot of clients that I train or have coached like just with home workouts. Um there's so much you can do with body weight. And I mean, even just like I said before, like walking is one of the best things that we can do just for overall health. Like we're humans, we're bipedal, we're supposed to walk. Like we're literally yeah, we evolved exactly. to walk. Even um, before so, in all the webinars and in this live sessions, I have always encountered this question walking. people yes. do not know that their body human body is made to move they it mm-hmm. is not supposed to be in stationary position for a very long time and they do often forget this thing that it is made to move and what they do is they make it and keep it in rest for a very very long time one more thing dr megan while uh, you're speaking about walking in india specifically in india people have a habit of walking after having dinner 
I do hope that would be prevalent in United States as well. Right after having their dinner, what they do is they start walking. What are your views on this? Like, what do you want to suggest them? Should they walk in night after having their supper, or should they opt it for the early morning walk? Like, how how should they do it? Um. Well. The biggest thing is to do it when you can. So when you can do it consistently, but I love that habit. I actually try to implement that myself. It's not always feasible, um, which is why I say just do it whenever you can. But walking after a meal is actually one of the best ways to like kind of it's almost like it kickstarts the digestion process because actually using our our hip flexors, so one of the muscles that we use when we walk, that actually kind of massages our insides and we use our diaphragm which is to breathe and when we're breathing heavier because we're moving, that massages our insides. So it's literally facilitating our digestion and it can improve digestion a lot um like uh, you'll notice like some people if you travel and you you know have a long flight for example from india to the united states or vice versa um a lot of people have trouble with their digestion after Absolutely, because they've literally yeah. been sitting still for mm-hmm. 14 hours or however long that flight is so um uh, yeah i love that habit as long as you're safe obviously i don't know like how india is at night or where different spots are um that's the biggest thing but even just like a 10 minute walk um and if you do that after say you eat three meals a day um you do like a 10 minute walk after every meal that's 30 minutes of exercise that's already like more, better than mo- what most people are doing so um yeah i love that that's a great habit so diet <laughs> yeah so good diet and exercise moves move hand in hand for being healthy oh, yes. Or is it like having a lot of junk? Because we do have a lot of viewers and listeners who have this habit of consuming junks throughout the mm-hmm. day, throughout the month, and then believing I am exercising, so I do have to lose weight. I can eat anything. Please, please yeah. suggest them something about this. Yeah, sorry guys, but um, you cannot outwork a bad diet. Um, and first of all, like if you have goals to get strong or to change your body composition. You're basically spinning your wheels if you're not like providing your body the nutrients that it needs to recover and adapt. Um I actually recently just made a post about this. Um but not only that, but like you you're basically it's almost like you're confusing your body. Like you're telling it like, "Hey, let's exercise and be healthy," but then you're, you know, binge drinking on the weekends or, you know, just eating junk all the time, like processed food, like just lots of sugar and just things that don't really like serve us. Like there's definitely a time and a place for these things and um I'm not I by no means am like an advocate of restricting your diets like I think that you should be you know 90% 80% fueling your body like your food has purpose and then the other 20% like because you just enjoy something so like no one should cut something out of their diet completely um in my opinion but I know right now is a time when everyone has just come out of the holidays and has been just there's so many different opportunities and options to eat you know poor, poorly so i think a lot of people are feeling that sort of guilt now um so it's just like with implementing exercise like you want to just start start slow you don't want to just like overhaul things completely although that can work for some people um but what i would suggest is if you are like in like sort of a a diet rut where you're just like eating junk all the time try instead of like eliminating a bunch of things try to add things so like add for example like if say you get no vegetables in your day or say you get no protein in your day like you're not eating a balanced diet at all try to just add those things and think about getting those first make that your priority and then you're naturally not going to have as much room for the other junk that you have been eating just because it's there you know absolutely this is something i believe that everyone is going to watch on repeat going back and listen this again because this is very important 
moving ahead dr megan what exactly is strength training since you specialize in strength training i would like to make my audience aware about strength training what is it yeah so it's it's twofold or i mean it's multifold but the biggest things are your training your your muscles and your bones to get stronger and more resilient so that they can manage more load but you're also training your nervous system to be able to manage more load and get stronger so the benefits of that um for example say you you are a mother and you have a a child who you know used to be small and now they're big and they still want to be held you know you're able to pick them up off the floor without even thinking about it whereas you know if you don't do anything to keep yourself strong on a daily basis or a weekly basis then those daily activities are going to be difficult you know like i i meet so many um geriatric or elderly people who you know i they can't pick up like a bag of flour that's 10 pounds or you know 4 kilos or whatever that is um like off of a table because it's yeah. it's heavy it's heavy to them every heavy is relative um i mean within reason <laughs> so if you not a, people like can't a, pick a up a bottle car, but... a water bottle can be heavy for an infant a toddler yes. the same would be very light for an adult or you know the older adult and same could be we said could be heavier for the geriatric people obviously that is relatable heaviness and lightness is quite uh, variable in every part yes and you can train it like it's something you can train just like literally anything that you want to get good at if you practice it regularly and um you know just increase increase the difficulty in different ways like just incrementally not so much that you hurt yourself or that you can't recover but so that your body is like oh I see it seems like I'm doing this a lot. I should probably, you know, adapt so that I can do it without having it be so taxing on me. Um so it's literally like anything. Like we don't realize it a lot of the time, but all of our all of the things that we do throughout the day, like our habits that we don't have to think about that are on autopilot, um our brain is really good at learning things so that they can become automatic. Because if we had to think about everything, like we would literally explode and we'd be exhausted yeah. all the time. So that's like how that's how strength training works too, like you know the more that you practice the more you use a muscle any muscle the the better it's going to be the more efficient it's going to get the stronger it's going to get so um it's really really cool how you can you can literally like you can build your body you can train it to look a certain way and to be able to do certain things just by simply practicing them so the best part what you just said the best part out of it was strength training for geriatric people i mean that's absolutely mesmerizing the geriatric the population also practice this strength training programs and exercises so all the viewers and listeners who are watching and listening us come on guys if geriatric phase the older people can do this why can't you definitely you can i and dr megan definitely believe this that you definitely can do this and start start your strength training today dr megan another thing with strength training comes strength training specifically in most of the cases happens in a gym so mm-hmm. there are there are chances of gym injuries and what not some sprain strain and tears so how does physical therapist plays a role in this the injury yeah. prevention and cure yeah so it's very interesting because there's currently this whole you know argument of of quote unquote bridging the gap so yeah. between like you know training when you're healthy and training when you're or not or being in physical therapy like there's this big old like 
bridge between them whereas i don't believe that it should be there at all i, I think, am shocked that um, this is prevailing in united states as well i mean that's oh. quite shocking for me i was thinking that this yeah. is just prevalent in my country or in asia but yeah though everywhere everywhere absolutely yeah, yeah. And I can't remember, this is definitely a quote from someone, I don't know who it is, I can't remember who it was, but basically, um, you know, rehab is just training in the presence of an injury. So everyone should have some sort of resistance training, excuse me, practice in their life. But, you know, I I have injuries. Like, I know how my body works for the most part, I'm always learning. Um, But like, I have injuries that I deal with, you know, and you, you don't, you don't like stop training. You you can either train yourself out of an injury by like just incrementally increasing resistance and incrementally like, you know, rewiring patterns. Like pain is, pain is completely generated by our brain. Um, I mean, you're going to have, you're going to have, if you have tissue damage, obviously it's going to hurt. But like, say for example, you're walking across the street and you sprain your ankle, it's going to hurt. But if you sprain your ankle and then there's also a bus coming that's going to hit you, you're probably not going to feel your ankle because priority is not dying, right? (laughs) So, I mean, our brain decides if something's going to hurt or not. That's why we tend to have more pain when we're stressed, more pain when we, you know, have have other things going on that just allow us to think about that pain. Um, But I don't think there should be, like, I don't think people who are injured should be scared to move. I think that they should want to work with someone who can teach them how to manage their pain and how to potentially like completely eliminate it or just learn how learn about their body because pain is scary like if you're if you hurt you're like oh my gosh is this it am i like injured for life am i never going to get better or am i dying in some cases and there is also Um, that demotivating factor that i'm not gonna do this again yeah yeah it's scary and like i think that the more that we teach like physical therapy my favorite thing about it and what i'm so excited to be doing as a clinician is that you are empowering people you're literally teaching them to not need you like you are you're not only you're not just like a clinician or a therapist you're literally like a coach and a teammate for them so it's it's a 50 50 thing like if you're if i'm doing all the work as a pt like teaching you things or like helping you maybe doing some manual therapy and as the client you're not doing anything like you're not going to get better like period or or you will get better and then you'll like go back into where you were hand in hand it goes both the ways yeah and so that's what i think is so powerful and that is another reason why in the united states it is difficult to like get everyone on board with like pt being you know better than surgery in some cases in some cases surgery is 100 needed sometimes it's both um actually it's usually both because surgery is another injury that you should be rehabbing out of (laughs) that's another soapbox but um yeah, I mean, I, I just think that if we were to switch our mindset to like, instead of being a victim mentality to being like, okay, let's learn about this and let's empower ourselves and be willing to work to to get better from it because it's good for our health to move. Um, I think that we would be really successful with just getting people, you know, less, less fearful of any kind of pain. And pain is also relative. Like if, for example, if you work with someone, you train them and they've never worked out in their life before and their muscles are sore the next day, they're going to think they're injured because that's not their baseline. Right. Um, But that's totally expected. Unfortunately, if you work a muscle and it hasn't worked in a long time, um, you're going to get some soreness. So, yeah. I love the examples and instances you just provide us like that are great and absolutely it made everything easier to understand. Dr. Megan, you will agree with one thing that people often see workout videos, you know, the gym videos and 
heavy lifting videos, strength training, athletic training videos. On the mm-hmm. first view, it really looks scary. Like for people who haven't attempted it once, it looks like I am gonna die lifting this, or this is something that uh, takes a lot of energy, a lot of weight. So for those kind of people, what can you do? Like, is there a way you can make them a simple workout routine right now that they can follow, like very easily for just for you know in the beginning? Yeah, yeah. Those are actually some of my favorite people to work with because, you know, you might see something crazy that I do or that some other trainer does. Um, there are always regressions, and a good trainer is going to know, first of all, when you need it. Um, you know, and a re- regression is basically just the same, same pattern, same idea, but maybe slower or less range of motion or a different kind of load. Um, and there's so many different ways. Like you essentially can. This might sound like not great, but essentially like a trainer or a clinician is sort of like a puppeteer and the client yeah. is like a puppet. So you can you can get them to do what you want them to do by just, you know, loading them differently or or telling them something different as far Giving as the, the instructions. Um, yes, yes. And a lot of the time, um, like actually most of the time, external cues are better than internal. So if you tell yeah. someone like squeeze your glutes, which is like one of my least favorite cues ever, because most people that you're telling that to like don't, that doesn't register for them. That's why yeah. they're in your hand. Um, but if you tell them like, you know, push your knees this way or, um, Mm -hmm. like do like go push your butt towards this thing. Like that, that is better. Usually those external cues, like giving them something. We can say the layman language. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I've actually, I've worked with, this is some of the most difficult people that I've worked with have been actually there. I had a a deaf patient. Um, and for some reason, there were no, um, like I work with a lot of patients that don't speak English and we just have an interpreter and it, it's it's slower, but it you can get things done because you can communicate yeah. through the interpreter. But with this woman, I didn't have, like there were no sign language interpreters. So I literally had to like write everything down, um, which is not too big of a deal, but I would have to like mime what I wanted her to do. And then she would try to mimic it. And then I'd have to write it down to tell her if she was doing it right. Like it was yeah. it's so, inter- like it is all communication um, and movement is communication too, so. Yeah, you can definitely regress everything. So, uh, Dr. Megan, with this, I would like to ask another question. Like, physical therapist uh, or physical therapy usually tends to have, you know, the involve. I'm sorry, involvement of modalities like IFT, TENS, and uh, electrotherapy, hot pack, cold packs, and whatnot. But do you believe that physical therapy is a lot more than just these modalities? What people have it often tend to do, like, made them, made physio, physical therapists or physiotherapists in a certain bracket. What they do is they just practice with some machines, some modalities, and yeah, that's all physical therapy. Please clear this air. Yes, I would love to. Um, so, modalities can be useful. Some of them are completely useless, but many of them are are very useful for pain modulation um at times like you do like some contrast baths so hot and cold hot and cold back and forth you can actually like increase blood flow and help with swelling um in that case and help with recovery but for the most part modalities are solely for pain like helping with pain so in some ways it's it's very valuable because if someone someone is in pain like a huge part of pt is getting buy-in so if someone like is always in pain from day one when you're working with them, then they're probably not going to trust you very much. So sometimes the modality can be useful um, just to sort of like give them a tool that is like a, it's almost like a bandaid, a temporary bandaid while you work on the actual like 
cause of their issue um, versus just treating the symptoms. Um, but I think it's really, really important, just like I was saying before, to communicate with the person and tell them like, this is not fixing you. This is literally like a Band-Aid. Although like after post-operatively, for example, when muscles are super um, atrophied, there are like um, electrical stimulation units that you can use to help sort of yeah. help that muscle contract because their their brain is having a hard time contracting it. So that can be valuable as well. Um, there are certain things that are very valuable, but it's all, they're a tool. And if you don't have them, it's not a big deal. But if you only use them, it's a huge deal and you're probably not going to get anybody better. So those are my thoughts. In a nutshell, physical therapy has really evolved a lot in these times. Yes. Like a lot in all the parts of the world. I have uh, witnessed personally and speaking to doctors like you, I even I got an idea that physical therapy is a lot, lot, lot more, more than just these modalities what people think. It is like, For sure. it eventually takes a lot of time to become a doctor of physical therapy. It does. And then once you become one, you're like, I don't know anything. I need more practice. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Well, this is a segment of uh, the last section. But since we are talking about this, I would like to bring it a little earlier. Dr. Megan, what happens in my Dr. Anushruti show is we always tend to have a token of appreciation and motivation for aspiring doctors, especially aspiring physical therapists, you know, who are studying in United States, in India or the other countries. What do you want to speak to them? What do you want to say to them that how should they study? And everyone, every student has a doubt, you know, eventually when we were studying, we also had this, whether this line is good or whether this career is good for me. Can I be a good doctor or physical therapist or since it is a very long journey? So a few words for them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the first thing I would say is whenever you're doubting, like whether it's the right path for you, just ask yourself why, like, what is, what is your bottom line? Why, what is it that first put you on this path? Like made you want to do this? And I mean, maybe you're on the wrong path. I doubt it, especially if you chose it, but um just like if you're able to just like always come back to your why when things get hard because school is not fun like at all i mean it's fun because you meet friends and like good amazing faculty and things but it's really it's it's draining 100 so yeah. always go back to your why and just remember that every day um remember that you're choosing it you are choosing to do it you are it's a privilege to be able to be educated um and like no one even though it's difficult like no one's making you do it like you are literally choosing to be here and you have the total capability of doing it um and then the last thing i would say is it can be really daunting to look look at the entire journey so what i always did is just take what was in front of me and just try to give 100 effort and just put my heart into that so eventually it seems like really scary if you just think of like all the days you're gonna have to continue yeah. to do that but if you just focus on the day you're in like just like a workout like i just focus on getting one percent better within that workout even if today's effort is not the same as yesterday's um because you know i didn't get good sleep or um like maybe i'm more stressed about something else like i just think if you put forth whatever your 100 is for that day that's what's going to get you to where you want to go all the dear students listening and watching us from United States, India and various other countries do give a heed to it. Focus on today, focus on right now and do not overthink. I would repeat it, do not overthink about your future. That is going to be very bright. Moving ahead, Dr. Megan, we do have a lot of pregnant women. And mm -hmm. in many countries, there is a habit that women are still not aware about prenatal exercises. They 
ought to do that is eventually good for them in the delivery case and also good for the baby's health so uh, what do you wish to say to them like is there a specific exercise you would like to tell or a specific routine to these uh, young pregnant ladies what is it yeah so with it's such a it's interesting topic because i think we used to think a certain thing and we eventually evolved to say like oh it's not dangerous to exercise during pregnancy yeah. what i would recommend and this is a population that i am really passionate about wanting to work with um but i would say if you were exercising prior to your pregnancy i mean it's it is not dangerous to continue to exercise unless you you know if you have like preeclampsia or some other sort of weird condition like you're obviously going to be working with your doctor your md on that um but for the most part like it it is actually good for you to continue especially because as you're growing another human inside you you're you may feel like you're losing yourself so it's important to continue to be yourself and also just for the health of your baby um because your body the the environment the baby was like conceived in is your body and you want to continue yeah. to you know do the things that you were doing before obviously with modification as as necessary um but i would say if you have never exercised before um it's also it's not good to not exercise during pregnancy like you should always be moving um but i would say if you've never exercised i would say it's not a great time to like start a crazy mm-hmm. routine like don't start doing crossfit when you start when you get pregnant if you've never exercised before in your life yeah. um but like we're we can go back to that walking thing like start walking or start doing some like prenatal prenatal yoga or find like a either a pre post like a um a personal trainer that is certified and well practiced in working with women in pregnancy um because they're going to have every I can't just give you a routine that every pregnant woman should have because everyone is Absolutely. different um and every case is different uh but in general um I mean the fitter you are the easier well not necessarily mostly the easier that labor is going to be because labor i i mean i've watched my best friend used to go through labor at home with zero like interventions medical interventions and it is i mean it's a feat <laughs> it is an athletic feat so yeah. um the the fitter you are the 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 more your body is going to you know be able to work with you on those things and obviously you know things can happen like um the body does some crazy things during pregnancy obviously you're changing Um so there's there's definitely different cases but for the most part like being fit is never going to be negative ever. Absolutely, absolutely. Last but not the least, balance and posture. These two things are something that go hand in hand and usually people talk a lot about it. So just a quick snapshot of this balance and posture some exercises of how actually people can take a look on it. Yeah, so posture, there's no like perfect posture. Um we say like the best posture is your next posture. So being in one position whether it's like sitting upright but good posture, quote unquote, um if you're like that all the time, it's also not good. So um I would say with as far as posture goes, if you are moving in all planes of motion, so sagittal plane, transverse plane, frontal plane, um especially if you're strength training to like the range of motion, I think posture will take care of itself. um and then as far as balance goes like a lot of people you know you lose balance as you get older and i think in large part it's because once you stop stop using things they obviously it's expensive to keep muscle and a lot of our balance is going to come from from muscle and being able to like react to things when you know our body all of a sudden you know there's oh there's a dog that jumped out or oh i slipped on some ice or whatever um 
like being able to recover quickly is a lot in, in large parts like our nervous system being able to respond but also our muscles being able to respond and when we don't use them on a regular basis like they're gonna get get sort of dormant and atrophied um so i mean we go back to strength training for this one um i think that balance and posture are both going to improve with um good strength training through the range of motion that you're able to control um because a lot of people another myth is that people think that strength training makes you really tight and it doesn't if you strength train through like a tiny range of motion and always do that like yeah it's gonna make you tight because you don't know how to move anywhere else um but if you're working on like full range of motion it's a great way to just give your body more range that it has like able to control so those are my thoughts <laughs> absolutely great i mean this is what people would be waiting for and this is going to be a blockbuster answered everything so clearly and yeah a lot of doubts of people of our viewers and listeners would have been cleared till now thank you so much dr megan for taking out time from your schedule to discuss this important topic and i really look forward to do more of such beneficial and fruitful discussions with you in the near future I do hope you pleasure. would have enjoyed it as much as our audience had enjoyed it listening to us. Thank you so much. You're welcome Dr. Megan. Thank you so much. And guys, do comment down what next video do you wish me to upload? What topic and what are your queries and questions for the next speaker? Also give some suggestions of the topics and questions that Dr. Megan and I should continue doing together. Thank you so much. Have a great day everyone. Take care. Bye bye. Thank you.